Science is awesome. It's fascinating, it sparks curiosity, and it's the reason most of us are alive today. But sometimes it sucks, from applying to funding to spending hours in the lab to lack of representation in many science fields. On this podcast, we talk about the ins and outs of scientific research and how it impacts our lives. Welcome to Science Sucks. Hello, Canada. It's election time. Welcome to episode 25 of the podcast. I'm Evie, neuroscientist, science communicator, Canadian citizen voting in this year's election, and host of the Science Sucks radio show and podcast. Welcome to the show. So this is a very, very, very special bonus episode. I call it a scientist's guide to the Canadian federal election. I'm going to give you the rundown on what you can do to get involved and have your voice heard. Here's some quick facts to get you started. The date of the election is Monday, October 21st, 2019, but you don't necessarily have to vote on the one day. There is advanced polling, mail-in voting, and other options that I will detail in this podcast. In Canada, we cast our vote for our local member of parliament, or MP, and the leader of the party with the most seats then becomes the next prime minister. Unlike other countries, like say the United States, we don't just have two major parties. In fact, we had our recent debate on Monday in which federal leaders from six parties took the stage to debate. While who's going to be the next prime minister is a factor you should consider when voting, it's not everything. It's important to look at your local candidates and the issues that are important to them that they will fight for if they're elected. To help us unpack the state of science in this election, we have five very special guests on this episode. We'll meet Savani Baskarin and Molly Sung, co-founders of the Toronto Science Policy Network, Irene Kalianis from Science and Policy Exchange in Montreal, and Kimberly Gerling and Emma Bug of Evidence for Democracy to help us unpack this upcoming election and what it means for science. First, I talked to Savani Baskarin from the Toronto Science Policy Network, or TSPN, a student-run group at the University of Toronto, which gives a platform for students, both graduate and undergraduate, to learn more about and engage in science policy. I asked Savani, as a science student, how did you get involved in policy in the first place? I am an environmental chemist, and so I got into environmental chemistry because I was learning about pollutants and all of uh, the chemicals that we release into our environment. And... I got interested into policy when I heard about how those were regulated and how we decided which kind of chemicals we kind of did and didn't uh, permit to be used. Um, And then it just kind of evolved into learning about other environmental policies and like how governments implemented and applied those different policies. Um, And then I was very fortunate when I attended um, Canadian Science Policy Conference uh, Two, three years ago now, um, I met uh, Molly, um, one of the co-founders of TSPN, and we started chatting and she introduced me to Ellen and Farah. Um, and the four of us, um, along with a bunch of volunteers, uh, started Toronto Science Policy Network uh, last year. So Savani, along with fellow University of Toronto grad students Farah Quasar, Ellen Gutta, and Molly Sung, started TSPN. I asked Savani what it's all about. So we're a student-run organization at the University of Toronto, and so we hold a number of events uh, across uh, UFT. So we primarily run our events at St. George at the St. George campus, but we do also occasionally try to have events at the Scarborough and Mississauga campuses as well. And so the goal of TSPN is to bring um, to allow 
students, both graduate and undergraduate, postdoctoral fellows, all to engage um, and kind of learn about science and policy and how they that those two intersect. Um, so give them opportunities to attend workshops on science policy writing, science advocacy, um, and then as well hold uh, just the facts panel. So those are uh, workshops and just the facts panel are kind of our two main um, events that we hold throughout the year. And the just the facts panel kind of bring in experts um, from within a specific field who can talk about their expertise on a specific policy topic. So in the past uh, year, we've had one on the Ontario sex ed curriculum, and then we had one on climate action. Um, we've also recently held a panel on the vote science campaign that I'm sure we're going to be talking about later uh, and about science advocacy on that front as well. These events sound awesome. It's often hard to know where to get correct information in this age of fake news. And platforms like Just the Facts invite members of the community and experts to an open discussion to understand what they know and don't know about a particular topic like climate change. So you might be thinking, okay, B, the election's coming up. What does that have to do with science? I asked Savani that exact question. How is science related to policy and the upcoming election? I mean, we live in a time when there's so much fake news and misinformation that goes around. Um, people don't really know what to believe sometimes. And we think that if you're going to make policy, you need to be it needs to be based on facts and evidence. Um, so science plays a key role in providing that kind of evidence that you need. So especially when we were looking listening um, to the climate uh, portion of the debate and the uh, in energy and environment, they kept mentioning the IPCC report. Um, and other scientific facts that actually need to help inform the policy. Just putting out a number um, that doesn't doesn't really mean anything unless that's based on evidence and on facts that scientists and researchers checked and can show actually does or will make a difference. You also need informed policy. Like having increased transparency in the government is only going to be is only a good thing, and it's important also. The policies that governments make also affect all our science. All our funding is usually from the government and they their policies around that is shape how students, postdoctoral fellows, um, and researchers all get funded in the universities and colleges. And I think people tend to forget how much science actually affects our everyday lives. Like it's from the water that we drink, like to like the cars and like getting to work and like be even being at work, like everything, everything comes back to science in some, at least a little way. Yeah, that's so true. And even policies that aren't directly what we would think of science, um, like we can research how they were done in other provinces or other countries and then bring that back to Canada with like evidence. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. When we say science-based policy, we don't really mean like chemistry or like biology-based stuff. We're talking about evidence. So like what's worked in the past and what could work or what would lead to a better solution or a more effective solution. That is a huge point. When we say science-informed policy or hashtag vote science, we don't just mean vote for biology or vote for physics. We're encouraging politicians to make policies that are rooted in evidence. Science isn't the only factor in making policy, but it shouldn't be dismissed, muzzled, or denied either. Next, I asked Ivani, as scientists, why is it important that we vote? Well, because we're citizens in Canada, I guess, like, it... Everyone should have a vote and have a say. And if you think that a certain policy or party is going to affect the way of your life, the way the direction Canada is headed in, 
it's important that you get involved. I mean, it's not it's not like as scientists, we're not taking a backseat and we just let the world happen around us. We're we're part of that world. We we live, we breathe, we have family um, who maybe are not scientists who who benefit from those science uh, breakthroughs that we make um, and the lessons that we learn through science and evidence. So I think just as a Canadian citizen, it just means that if you have the opportunity to vote, we're very fortunate that we have the opportunity to vote and select a democratic, democratically select a leader. I think we need to take advantage of it. So if you are able to vote and wondering, mm, I don't know if I should bother, play back that clip for a little inspiration. I think it's easy as scientists to forget that not everyone has that same way of thinking, um, of like looking at data and looking at evidence um, provided to us and like um, especially now with misinformation, I think we have maybe perhaps a better tendency or more or more likely to go like, eh, that doesn't sound right, especially when it relates back to our own science. Absolutely. Don't take for granted the critical thinking that we have as scientists. According to a study done by Evidence for Democracy in 2018, only 8%, 8% of sitting MPs have a background in science. So the scientific method is probably not top of mind for most politicians. So if you are a scientist, make sure your voice is heard. You offer a unique approach to policy that has a place in parliament and your MPs should know about it. Next up, I asked Ivani to run you through the basics. How do you vote? There really is no excuse not to vote. Um, There are so many ways you can mail your ballot uh, to Elections Canada. or visit any Elections Canada office before October 15th. Um, so that's next Tuesday, I believe. Um, so you have plenty of time. Um, you also, the, there's the advanced polling that opens this long weekend. So Friday to, uh, to Monday, I believe, um, which is at your local polling station. So th- that information is all also on the Election Canada website. So you just type in your postal code. Um, you can find out the name of your candidates, where your local polling stations are, Uh, the timing that they're open for advanced polling and on election day on Monday, October 21st, um, and what type of ID you actually need to bring with you um, when you go vote. So most people, a driver's license or like any other government ID should be fine, but you can always double check that information on their website. Here's some extra details from the Elections Canada website. To vote, you must be a Canadian citizen, 18 or older on election day, and registered to vote. This one's interesting because unlike what I've heard in, say, U.S. elections, registering to vote is super easy and you can literally do it as you walk in on the day of, as long as you have the right documents with you. Usually these documents are a photo ID and proof of your address. The easiest ID to bring is probably your driver's license, but any ID that has your photo, name, and address on it and has been issued by the federal government or the province or the municipality you live in will do. Now, if you can't make it to vote on the day of, you can look into advanced polling stations. For example, I'm at Laurentian University and they've already started advanced polling like last weekend. So you have many occasions to vote before the election date as well. And yes, even Canadians living abroad are eligible to vote by mailing in their ballot. I have a question. What if you're a student and your permanent address is different from your current student house address if you're on, a ca- on campus elections canada actually has um advanced polling for you the details are on their website and you don't need to bring in your um that that voter id card that they get mailed to you you just bring an id with your address and um details are again on their website so double check before you go br- bring your stuff in um but you can vote on campus even though it's not your home writing 
So if you're away at university, not at home, you can still vote for your home writing on campus. So those dates are again all and locations and times are all on the Election Canada website. Yes, thank you, Savani. I will link all of these resources below so you can find them. I actually voted in the early polls, as Savani mentioned already. At Laurentian, it was in one of the residence buildings. I walked in, there were these huge yellow signs that said vote here. I just walked in, showed them my documents and cast my vote. It took actually two minutes. And there's still two weeks left to go, so you got time. I believe in you. If you're like, okay, got it, I'll vote. But what else can I do? I'm feeling fired up. So next question I asked Savani is how can people get involved beyond voting? Specifically in the Vote Science campaign, there are a ton of resources available that you can use to advocate for science. So if you visit um, www.votescience.ca, there's an email form that you can use to reach out to your candidates. So you literally just type in your name, your email, um, and your postal code, and it'll pop up um, with the emails for your candidates. And you just say, send the letter um, and ask them to commit to uh, using evidence to base their uh, policies and decision making. Uh, Email a letter to your candidates. Um, You can send a postcard to your candidates. So if you're um, you're in Toronto, Ottawa or Montreal, you can reach out to SPE, um, E4D or TSPN. Um, We all have postcards that you can send out to your candidates. Um, or you can print them off on the website and just mail them off yourself. There is an e-tool to write a letter to uh, an editor about vote science. Um, And just you can take a vote science selfie. That's one of the easiest things to do. Just take a selfie, post it on Twitter um, or any other social media and use the vote science hashtag. This week, we're asking people to, especially this week, step out, um, talk about vote, uh, vote science, write your letter to that editor, to the editor this week, post your vote science selfie online, um, watch the debates um, and participate in them through Twitter or any other social media. Talk about what the party leaders are talking about um, and how science um, affects all of these topics because there's no topic that they discuss that science does not have an influence on. Um, And tell your friends, uh, speak to your family about vote science and write out postcards. So we have them, we have the e-letters, send them out to your candidates, let them know that you are thinking about science. This is where it gets exciting. The incredible hashtag vote science campaign is advocating for science in the Canadian federal election. So here are some more deets on some of the things Savani mentioned. So if you go to votescience.ca, there's a rundown of how you can get involved at different levels. So number one says you can send a letter to your MP. The website gives an easy platform where you can fill out and send a letter to your member of parliament to show that evidence-based policy is important to you. Politicians are literally elected to serve you. That is their job. And your job is to inform them so that they can make the best decisions possible. Now, I know this might be an idealistic way to see things, and the system is absolutely far from perfect. But if we have the ability to vote and keep our leaders accountable, we should not take that for granted. Number two on the website is get so You can print out a sign that says, I hashtag vote science because, and write your own reason for 
voting underneath. If you follow the hashtag, you'll see lots of other posts filled with passionate people casting their vote with science in mind. You can also send a postcard to your candidate. This kind of mail will help your MP see what is important to their constituents. You can print out your own postcard or get them at vote science events in Toronto, Montreal, or Ottawa. The next step, number four, is to engage with your candidates. The Vote Science website will help you find your candidate, they have a toolkit on how to talk to them, and will give you a list of policy suggestions and potential questions. If it seems intimidating to talk policy with an actual politician, Vote Science really breaks down how you can do that. They even have a Google form where you can talk about how you engaged with your candidate so that they can build a list of science-friendly members of parliament. Since only 8% of MPs have a science background, it's important that more are open and listening to science, even if they don't have a degree in it. They have a whole host of other things on the website, including info on how to write a letter to the editor or opinion piece for your local paper encouraging folks to vote science. This website is incredible because they make it so easy to incorporate science into your political life. So whichever stage you're at, whether you're just getting to know your candidates, getting ready to vote, or you're ready to write an op-ed in your local newspaper, they will have something to help you. So let's hear more from Savani about the week of action that's happening this week. One of the major highlights of the week will be Thursday's workshop with Amanda Vari, which Savani will tell us all about. On Thursday, uh, TSPN is actually hosting a uh, for, for uh, Vote Science, um, and that event is in partnership with the uh, Molecular Genetics Graduate uh, Student Association at UFT, um, we're going to have Dr. Amanda Vary, who actually is going to be walking through students uh, and, any, and any participants about science advocacy. And so she she was able to invite her uh, MP, uh, MPP, sorry, after the election uh, to visit her lab. And so she's going to walk us through how to actually get started in science advocacy and like how to talk to your MPPs and get through that process. I would also say that on our website, we actually post, we try to live stream. We know that people can't make it to all our events, um, especially when they're downtown Toronto. Uh, not everyone in the GTA can attend those events. So we try, to, we do tend to live stream our, some of them. Um, so for example, we our science advocacy panel with Dr. David Naylor, Dr. Imogen Co., um, and Dr. Amanda Berry, uh, from when we first launched um, the Vote Science campaign is actually available online. Uh, so we do record these events and keep them online for anyone who does want to go back and look at them. Um, so that is available on Eventbrite. And actually, TSPN posts all our events um, on Eventbrite. So they're actually open to the entire UFT and Toronto community. So if you're a student at Ryerson or a student at York or visiting Toronto for that afternoon or that day, you can definitely sign up, drop by. Thank you, Savani, for all the info. I appreciate you coming on the pod to inform folks about when and where and how to cast their vote and get involved. Next up, let's hear from Molly, one of TSPN's other founders, to speak more personally about her experience volunteering for political campaigns. If that seems intimidating, never fear. Molly breaks it down for you. Hi, my name is Molly Sung. I'm a PhD candidate in chemistry at the University of Toronto. I studied better ways to convert CO2 into fuels, but I'm also a co-founder of the Toronto Science Policy Network. 
I think scientists have a critical role to play in policymaking and in politics, and I'm hoping to improve awareness of that in the science community. Scientists can get involved uh, simply by engaging their candidates on science issues. I, I think that's a really good, great place to start. Uh, go to debates, open the door for canvassers, and start that conversation. I think people would be really surprised as to how many politicians are happy to hear about what you have to say on these things. The National Vote Science Campaign is a great resource, and it even has lists of questions you can prepare to ask your candidates. I think that science is important in this election because all policies should be based on science and the best available evidence. This probably seems obvious to most of us who are in science, but often policies can be reactionary and based on fear and emotion instead of science. I think we're in a really interesting space right now where climate change is the number one thing that people are talking about. And this is a pretty unique opportunity for us scientists to say, hey, we're here, we have expertise, please come talk to us. On a more partisan basis, honestly, go volunteer for your preferred candidate. You don't have to know everything about every policy on every platform to make that leap. I know it's scary, but I promise you it's not that bad. Uh, the, and the more you engage with folks in these parties, the more opportunities you have to talk about science policy and drive that agenda forward. I got started in 2015 during the last federal election. Uh, I was really unhappy with the direction the current government was going with regards to science and the environment. And I decided to get involved with the NDP because I agreed with their stance on Bill C C51, uh, which uh, was the surveillance bill at the time. Uh, I'd also, frankly, always leaned that way, both physically and socially, so it kind of just made sense. Uh, my local candidate was really fantastic and took the time to chat with me on science issues, and she really impressed me with her ability to understand things that weren't necessarily in her field of expertise. Uh, I kind of just stayed with the party after the election, and the opportunity came along to write some science policy for one of the uh, candidates running for NDP leadership in 2017. That was a really big uh, moment for me. Um, and as my network has continued to grow, I've also really been able to kickstart the discussion around science issues within the party. A friend of mine is actually running in Toronto Centre this year, and one of the priorities listed on his website is science and research. Um, he has a background in environmental science, so we got to write that piece together, which I'm really, really proud about. Um, I think a lot of scientists are worried about getting political, but honestly, science has to be political. Uh, we have to be there to make our voices heard, and because if we don't, somebody else certainly will fill that space instead of us. And if those people aren't conveying the facts and the most up-to-date evidence, then we have a problem. Uh, so a few things are happening this week. Uh, first of all, the Toronto Science Policy Network is hosting a vote science workshop this Thursday at 5 p.m. Uh, so please go check that out. Uh, there are more details at tocipolicynet.ca. Uh, also, advanced polling is this weekend, so take a break from eating Thanksgiving turkey um, and go cast your vote, uh, if, you, if you've already made your decision, that is. Uh, you can also vote at any returning office from now until October 15th. It doesn't even need to be your riding's returning office. I voted this way last week, and it literally took me five minutes. It's super easy as long as you bring uh, proof of ID and address. And honestly, the most important thing is, you know, get informed, get involved, and go vote. Thank you, Molly, for sharing your experience. I love what Molly had to say about making sure your voice is heard, or else another voice will be heard instead of yours. Think of a political leader that you're frustrated with. Maybe a leader that you completely disagree with, and you think they're actively using their power to harm instead of help the people they're supposed to serve. You might be like, who gave them a platform? 
Now, if this leader has a national platform and they're saying the things they're saying, at least you can talk to the people around you, whether it's volunteering, canvassing, talking to your grandma, or using your voice in the form of a vote. It's important to be an active participant in the world you're trying to build. So next up, we step away from Toronto and jet over to Montreal, where TSPN has a sibling organization at McGill University. They're like a bilingual older sister, and they're called Science and Policy Exchange, or SPE. Irene Kalouyanis is a volunteer with SPE and had a few points to add about why scientists should bring their critical thinking to the election. Let's hear from her. My name is Irene Kalouyanis, and I'm a volunteer for the Science and Policy Exchange, or SPE. Science and Policy Exchange is a Montreal-based nonprofit organization whose aims are to foster the student voice in evidence-based decision-making and to bring together leading experts from academia, industry, and government to engage and inform students and the public on issues at the interface of science and policy. I just finished my BSc at McGill, and I've recently become more involved in policy and politics. I became more involved and more aware of these things because, over the course of my education, I was struck with the importance of building policy on science. Many policies that we currently have in place don't align with what we see in research. It's increasingly important that scientists, policymakers, and politicians communicate and collaborate more in order to write the kind of laws that will be effective and fair. In the context of the upcoming federal election, it is clear that some party platforms are more well-researched and evidence-based than others. For example, in my opinion, election promises that rely on trickle-down economics are flawed because they have largely been debunked by scientists such as Nobel Prize laureate Joseph Stiglitz. Many elements of the conservative platform are, however, based on trickle-down economics. By contrast, some other parties have based their vision on successful policies in other countries which were rooted in scientific evidence, such as the decriminalization of drugs and the importance of measuring national development by life satisfaction levels rather than GDP. It's crucial that scientists get involved with voting in politics because not enough political decision-making is based on evidence and scientific research. The rhetoric of some parties completely opposes what researchers know to be true, and yet it continues to be touted without enough rebuttal from the scientific community. If some of the policies being promised actually went into practice, the consequences could be devastating for marginalized groups, the environment, and Canadian society at large. It's important to get the attention of politicians now and encourage them to be informed on scientific literature. You can do that by writing to the MP from your writing, talking about it on social media and tagging politicians, and more. The Vote Science website, votescience.ca, is a great place to get started. It has a whole list of ways you can get involved, both big and small, and I've been consulting it a lot the last few days. It offers events you can go to, organizations you can volunteer for, and letter templates you can send to candidates if you're passionate about this cause. If this issue is important to you, I would definitely check it out. Thank you so much, Irene. You're helping make all the listeners experts on the hashtag VoteSigns campaign. So now that we've heard from both Toronto and Montreal, let's take that two-hour drive over to Ottawa, the country's capital city, where the nonpartisan nonprofit organization Evidence for Democracy is based. E4D started in 2012 when thousands of Canadians who were concerned about the diminishing role of evidence in government decision-making banded together in a nationwide death of evidence rally. Their demand was clear. We need transparent, evidence-based decision-making for a strong democracy. The organizers of the death of evidence rallies went on to form Evidence for Democracy, 
which has become a leading voice in advocating for evidence-informed policy in Canada. I had the pleasure of hearing from Kimberly Gerling, the organization's research and policy director, and Emma Bug, the communications and engagement coordinator. So let's hear from them. Hi, I'm Kimberly Gerling, and I am the research and policy director at Evidence for Democracy. And I'm Emma Bug, and I'm the communications and engagement coordinator at Evidence for Democracy. So for those who don't know, E4D is an Ottawa-based nonpartisan nonprofit organization, and we work to promote the transparent use of evidence in government decision-making here in Canada. We are also one of the core organizers of the Vote Science Campaign. Yeah, so we have been one of the leading organizers in developing the tools for the Vote Science Campaign that you'll find on our Vote Science website. Uh, so one of the things we're really focusing on this campaign is really trying to boost engagement from our community as much as possible. So our community is really made up of scientists, science enthusiasts, and uh, public servants. So one of the tools we developed for part of this campaign is a toolkit for engaging with your candidates. So it includes tools and tips to help people really directly engage with their local candidates. So that includes everything from uh, like how to find their contact information to how to organize a meeting with them uh, and even how to prepare for that meeting. And as well as ideas on holding events in your community, uh, things from candidate debates to something a little more casual like a pub night. Um, and there's also an easy, easy to use tool on the website that helps you email your candidates and let them know why you will be voting science in October. Um, so at E4D, we also work a lot on sort of the science policy side of things. So one of the things that we did as a part of the Vote Science Campaign is put together a two-page document that outlines and sort of overviews some of the key science policy issue areas, especially for those who are not necessarily super familiar with some of the key areas that they need to be thinking about this election. So that's on the website. We also um, sort of took those policy issues and put them into questions that we put onto a little postcard. And the idea is that you can keep those postcards at your door and have them available should door knockers come to your door. Um, that you have questions available. It can be a little bit daunting if you don't know what to ask. So that's on the website as well. And then sort of taking that one step further, Everdy wanted to get a better idea of where our political parties stand on science and research issues um, so that we can help our community and voters be more informed when they go to the polls. So just last week, we actually distributed a science policy questionnaire of a set of questions to all of the party leaders. Um, encouraging them to let us know what their party is planning to do on science or research. And we'll be publishing the results of those questionnaires on our website and distributing them to our voters. So the next big piece of our pre-election work has been a bunch of work on misinformation. So we all know that misinformation is a growing and uh, troubling issue that we've all come across. Uh, especially leading up to an election, it's pretty problematic because it really does threaten our ability to have informed debate based on agreed upon facts, which is a very core piece of our democracy. And so we put together a campaign to try to address that. So we put together a truth pledge, which is basically a personal commitment to combat misinformation. Uh, and with that comes a toolkit that we put together. So the toolkit lays out what misinformation is, um, how to spot it online especially, what to do when you share it, because we all have, everyone is susceptible to misinformation, and then how to have conversations with people when you see them sharing misinformation. Uh, yeah, so that's been a big piece also of our pre-election work and will be ongoing as well. Yeah, um, another thing that we've been doing as well, so I'm sure if you've been watching the election, you know that climate and environment has been a huge issue this election. Um, and there's also been amazing momentum around the world of youth who, are been, who have been striking for action on climate. 
And so at E4D, we wanted to try and do something to try and support those youth and show that scientists are behind them. So alongside trying to organize groups of folks to come and march with the students, which we've done a number of times here in Ottawa, we also put together an open letter that has now been signed by over a thousand scientists across Canada. And we wanted to do that to show this, the youth striking for climate, the scientists are behind them and know that that evidence is sound, that science is sound, and we will be distributing that open letter to youth organizers of climate strikes across Canada. So in terms of what's next for us uh, in pre-election work, we are currently in the midst of our week of action for the Vote Science campaign. So uh, last weekend we launched a uh, letter to the editor tool to get folks writing to their local papers, talking about why science matters to them in this election. Uh, and we're also really pushing people to you know, watch the leaders debates that are happening this week and to really reach out to their candidates as much as possible to let them know why they'll be voting science in October and really get science top of mind for Canadians and for our new government after the election. Yeah, so that's just a quick overview of what we've been up to. If you haven't engaged with the tool, we encourage you to do it and make science research an issue this, this election. What a great note to end on. Evidence for Democracy does such important work, and you can check them out in the links in the show notes. Kudos to E4D for taking active steps towards making science a priority in this election. And that brings us to the end of this episode. So let's regroup for a sec. If you're feeling energized, go and put that energy towards voting for science. If you're feeling confused or overwhelmed, no worries. I've linked everything that our guests mentioned in the show notes, which you are free to explore, take your time, and learn more about. So if you are a Canadian citizen over the age of 18 who is eligible to vote, Make sure your voice is heard. To keep the conversation going, go chat with us at ScienceSucksPod on Twitter. You can rate and review us on iTunes so other folks can find the show. And we can bring you more episodes like this one. I'm Evie. Go out and vote in your elections. And as always, have an amazing week.